In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Thursday. That means we are, if we can get through today, then to, the next day is Friday, and then we're at the weekend. We're right there on the precipice of greatness. You guys, I almost didn't release an episode today because something horrible happened on Tuesday night, and it it shook me to my core. Uh... How do I say this? Uh, Ramona Singer shit on her bathroom floor. 
and it it's not the first time. It seems to be, I don't know if it's something with vacations with this woman, but if you guys, I, I know a lot of you guys aren't watching Real Housewives of New York this season, and I'm not telling you to watch Real Housewives of New York. I'm doing that for you. But something so horrifying happened, you guys. I I would listen to th- three-hour episodes of just political discourse rather than having to see a little, what I call a little singer-stinger on the bathroom floor. And then Sonia comes in and goes, Ramona, Mo, you pooped on the floor. And she goes, no, 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 that's makeup. I've never seen darker makeup in my life. I don't know what she was potentially going to do with that makeup. In fact, I wish they had made her put it on in front. And then Sonia's just cracking up. And then Sonia, to add, I mean, just goes crazier and goes, you know what? It's so crazy she does this. I wear a diaper when I go out. Like, are we really, I mean, is this, is this what's in my future? Will I be wearing diapers when I go out? And Sonia said that, like, just not a care in the world. Like, I just wear a diaper. What is happening with the plumbing, everybody? Are we out? And I'm, by the way, listen, I'm all for, you know, doing your business, doing the number two. I, this is a classy show, so I don't want to say, you know, poop, but are we, I'm, how do I say this? I, we can still make the toilet, right? We're all classy people. We're all trying to make the toilet. There's no reason to be flinging this stuff everywhere. I, I, I do we need to get the FCC involved? I feel like this shouldn't even be airing. <laughs> Real Housewives of New York is back. Oh, uh, no, it was still a weird mess. I mean, it was definitely... It felt like a fever dream, and I talk more about it on the the Patreon episode I did about it. It, it, it I don't even know how to with a show like the season like this. But I do want to assure you guys, it's Real Housewives of New York is not going anywhere, and we we're hearing so many rumors these days. Oh my God, Ramona's not Ramona's getting fired. Oh no no no, Leah's getting fired. I guys remember, I can make up a rumor right now. I could get a rumor spread probably within a day. Chris Jenner taught me how to do this. No, I mean, but for real, don't believe everything you read. Honestly, half the stuff is just people making up crap like, oh, I know I know a buddy that works for production. I know somebody that gives Andy coffee in the day. I know somebody that gives Andy a hand job, And he said, it's all ridiculous. And by the way, there is so much good TV right now that we'll know when it happens. We do not have to fret about it. But I do have to think, I don't think Ramona is going anywhere. And remember, Demois Blinds on Instagram. I love Demois with all my heart. I, I have so much fun. But remember, these are unconfirmed blinds. These are not confirmed. I could send in a blind right now with good information and have no information backing it. And it could still be posted. That's just what that is. And she says that in the account. So just don't take everything as gospel. We are better than that, even though it's really exciting to believe. Because I did say, though, they're eventually going to have to make a play where they're going to have to get rid of some of the older ladies. The age difference just is not making sense. And I think that is a huge, huge um, factor in why we're not enjoying things right now. Um, Did you guys watch Beverly Hills tonight? So... I got a lot of messages. I will be doing my full Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap on Friday, like I did last week. I think that's a good way to get into the weekend. A lot of you guys liked the uh, solo recap, so I'm going to try it again. I think I I watched it tonight, you guys. 
It is so good. There is a scene where Erica looks like a straight-up raccoon. She looks like Laura Con- Lauren Conrad from The Hills with the mascara. And I don't know a lot about makeup. Like the, the What I know about makeup is that Ramona acted like a piece of shit was makeup. So that's what I know. But also, I'm hearing from you ladies is that there is waterproof mascara. Like, she overdid the mascara, which leads me to believe that she knew she was going to be crying. I'm sorry, you guys. I still... Call me, call me a jerk, call me a dummy, call me evil, but I don't believe Erica Jane. I'm sorry. Like, because at the end of the day, even if she, I don't think she was in on every nickel and dime or anything, but we've talked about this so many times. She married for the wrong reasons. So this is sometimes what you get when you follow the money instead of following your heart. Wow. That's like a, that's a greeting card right there. Is anybody writing this stuff down? Like, for real, am I just talking? Is, please tell me you guys are writing this down to remind, to remind me of. Um, you guys, today we have guests that I have been trying to get forever. And I got to think, um, uh, there's a new, I, I said about like a new So Bad It's Good team member, my friend Sandra, who has uh, been helping me get guests. And she has been knocking it out of the flipping park. I'm talking to two guests tomorrow. One, a former housewife, and one, a family member. I don't want to give too much away, but she set those up, and she set up our guest today. Um, They are two of the ladies behind the popular, popular Instagram and podcast, Comments by Celebs. They also do Comments by Bravo, and uh, they just amazing. We had the best time, Isabel and Emma, and I'll I'll get more into that when I introduce them, but just you can really tell why certain people are successful. And I was so, um, it's so exciting. It's like when I talk with you guys on DM, when I get a chance or, or even, uh, in any kind of context, everybody is just so smart. Everybody has these great opinions and it kind of makes me think a little deeper. And, uh, I was just very excited and we, we had a lot of laughs. I think you're going to love it. Uh, and they also made so many good points. We got to get, get into the Kardashians. We got to got into celebrity comments. Real House was in New York. Real House was in Beverly Hills. The OC cast shakeup. But I think uh, it, it's just a great interview. And, and you guys know who they are. So I was so excited to be able to interview them. And they definitely did not disappoint. So let's get into a couple news stories before we get into uh into them and i'm not going to overpower you guys today which i said that yesterday and it was still like an hour and 40 minute show i know guys i've got to edit myself i i I get it i get it oh also shout out to amy phillips uh i was on reality checked on sirius uh radio uh radio andy today shout out to Alyssa, her producer and uh bear just a great crew and i had so much fun being on there you can get it um you can download uh, or stream her radio program on the SiriusXM app anytime. It's an hour show. She's just the best. And I had so many, I just had so, we had so many laughs and uh, she's just great. And I think there's video on there as well, which you can actually see my broken headphone because I've been complaining how I manhandle my headphones. I got new headphones. They finally came from Amazon. So I you can't hear a difference because you don't have the headphones on, but I can tell a difference and I'm not holding one headphone up. Um, so that's super exciting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did four podcasts back back to back and then I got to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Then I get to work on this and I got to tell you guys, I know this might sound silly. I'm living the dream. 
I'm living the dream. My voice is a little shot and I'm nervous for doing four tomorrow. But guys, you're making this happen. You make my dream kind of come true. And that's really, really cool. Even my cousin, my cousin Abby um, texted me today and said one of her friends was listening to me and that a lot of her friends have been listening to me. And you know how good that made me feel? I was like, whoa, look at this. Bringing family together. <laughs> um, are you guys good? Is this is this been a crazy? Is this been a stressful week or a good week? I think it's kind of been a good week. I can't tell. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I think I'm going to save Chrissy Teigen for Monday with Sophie uh, Ross because Chrissy did another kind of not an apology, but kind of a "woe is me, feel bad for me." I miss being as popular as I once was, even though she's still insanely popular. I've never seen somebody complain about not being as popular as they once were with 37 million followers still. Like, I'm like, what do you, what do you want? I mean, what do you want from us? Honestly, at a certain point, she's like, I'm just always here on my couch. And I'm like, you were just in Italy two weeks ago. You hired photographers to take pictures of you and John Legend. They were sold to all the press outlets. What are you talking about? I get frustrated sometimes because I really actually was one of the people that, that kind of really liked Chrissy Teigen. I've told you this story many times. I'm not a big cook, but I bought one of her skillets, <laughs> skillets at Target. One of the best skillets I own. I don't think she necessarily made that from hand, but I still really like it. And she can cook. And I thought she was funny sometimes. But this whole side of it is just like... It just shows you how desperate we are, how how much we want to cling to people loving us. And I guess that's a normal human um, behavior or something that we all want. But it, it, it's sometimes like, wow, you have so much and yet you still feel like you have so little. And I guess we all feel that in a certain way. I think that's why it frustrates you to watch somebody uh, fight so hard for it. Because you're like, wow, you're no better than me. Like you're doing the exact same thing I would do. I, you know, I think sometimes we think celebrities or these reality stars or these musicians, they're all like, they should be superheroes. They should be better than us. Like they have to be better than us because why are they in the place they are? And why are we in the place we are? It makes no sense. We would all be celebrities, but uh, I don't know. So there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff. Uh, there is no rhyme or reason to yesterday's story about Kravis. Great segue, Ryan. Uh, so it is being reported. It got a little bit more pushed out in the news today that Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker got engaged in Vegas this past weekend. I know I did the story yesterday that there was a bunch of congratulations from different people in their lives, um, but it finally made its way into, um, I guess, the Instagram meme world. And uh, they are saying that they got engaged. Uh, a couple of news outlets reported it, um, but we're, we're still holding out for the big ones. TMZ has not reported it yet, which I can't believe them. Like, that's the big that's like the Washington Post of uh, celebrity gossip. But, you know, everybody's asking me, do you think they did it? I do. They seem obsessed with each other. I mean, they're talking about wanting each other's blood and stuff. Like they're always playing tonsil hockey. I'm telling you, like if they're not going to get married, then something's I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, by the way, I, I'm not surprised at all. I, I feel like this is kind of a non-story. I'm like, good for them. They seem like they really dig each other. Um, we'll keep you updated on that story. Of course, you guys, big news for Olivia Rodrigo, the pop sensation. 
she visited the White House today, and uh, I guess she was in vintage. Oh gosh, I need a, I need a fashion consultant on this show. Which I talked to these these girls, the Solomon sisters. They have a podcast for their podcast today, and they're stylists that work out of. Uh, Florida and they have a great jewelry line awesome people but I should have uh, I should have asked she's wearing like vintage Gucci or something I don't know she looked really pretty but she visited and you saw her in the press room Olivia Rodrigo and then she took pictures with Joe Biden and I was like is this is this who she wrote that driver's license song about um it, it was cute it was very cute but you know how we all love Olivia Rodrigo so her album's like what like 33 minutes long I mean, when she goes on tour, I mean, she be, she better do like an hour of covers because I'm, I am I don't feel comfortable paying for a 45-minute concert, which, by the way, I shouldn't even be going to Olivia Rodrigo. Like, oh, <laughs> just me wandering around. Everybody thinks I'm a cop. Um, I was wanting to talk to you guys about this, though. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Do you think, so right before the pandemic started, Billie Eilish was having the biggest moment we all loved Billie Eilish for the most part and she had a tour she was selling out arenas she was starting to headline festivals all of a sudden and this is based off of one album and then the pandemic happened and now we're coming out on the other side of the pandemic and now it's Olivia Rodrigo do we think that Billie Eilish lost some of her moment and i know what you're saying you're saying well you know what ryan there is my i have two ears i can listen to so many things but you know what i'm saying where you're like just obsessed with a musical artist and it seems like that obsession went potentially from billy eilish to olivia rodrigo so billy eilish's new album i think comes out next week so it'll all depend on this album but she switched to the bottle blonde hair She's wearing fancier outfits now, Billie Eilish. She's kind of really grown up, but we never got to see her do a full tour with that first album, which is a real shame. And I know she's going to headline a lot of the festivals. She's headlining Life is Beautiful in Vegas in uh, in September um, and so many other festivals. But it's just one of those things I was, you kind of keep your eye on you kind of feel the pulse of pop culture. And it seems like Olivia Rodrigo is everywhere. She can do no wrong. Just like Billie Eilish could do no wrong before the pandemic. I know that's potentially silly, but guys, I'm a professional. I study this for a, I study this for a living. Oh, good. Um, oh, I, I didn't really. So yeah, go back Real Housewives of Beverly Hills real quick. I don't believe Erica. I'm so sorry. We'll get into more reasons why I don't believe on Friday night. But once again, what was crazy about tonight's episode was it came out that Kyle had COVID and that was like the ninth most interesting thing about the show. That's how good that show is right now. That Kyle having COVID is kind of like a non-ish, like it's like, ah, okay. Okay. Hope she feels better. Cool. You know, eat, drink some soup. Yeah. Okay. Like, and also Dorit wasn't even in tonight's episode at all, but everybody's got to chill out about the Dorit stuff. She'll pop up when she pops up. It's all good, guys. It's all gravy. Dorit has done enough. Like I said, Buca de Beppo alone guarantees her another two seasons. She, it's, it's fine. I'd rather her step back than force 
a plot line down our throats. So just enjoy the ride right now. Like only complain when a show starts to fall fall apart. That's what we're kind of with Roni right now. Okay, people can complain, which by the way, complaining is something we all like to do. So we should be thanking Real Housewives of New York. But Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I always crack up and it's like, why are we finding things to be upset about? Just enjoy that we got a good season. Like we still have 10 more episodes of this thing. Just just ride that sucker out. Like I, 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 the funny thing about the discourse of like, oh, Dorit's not giving us anything. You realize Dorit doesn't edit the show, right? You realize Dorit probably filmed things and it just didn't make the cut. If you guys go on um, like Twitter or, or Bravo's Twitter feed, um, a couple days after the episode airs, they give a bunch of cut scenes and even the cut scenes are amazing. But I'm just saying just it's not Dorit not giving us anything. It's just the producers deeming other storylines more worthwhile, even though producers of Beverly Hills, I got I got my eye on you so much, Rena, too much, Rena. You guys know how I feel about Rena, but come on. Just consider this like my Make-A-Wish Foundation. I need you to stop. Just please. Just, just I'm going to act like I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a COVID survivor. I did have COVID over the holidays, and my wish is for Rena to have a very little like I would I would dear little baby Jesus up in heaven, will you please give Rena less storyline and give Dorit Kemsley more storyline even if it includes PK? Please, little baby Jesus, I'm your humble servant, Ryan, who had COVID over the holidays. I still have not gotten my full smell back, uh, which we can talk about at another time. But I would really, really appreciate it because what it does is it feeds Rena's ego. And please, dear Lord, baby Jesus, please let her uh, stop thinking that her lips are legendary when they are just it was just kind of a weirdly weird botched surgery job. Thank you, dear Lord, baby Jesus, in your name. I pray Ryan Bailey. Is that, <laughs> is that how you in prayers? Ryan Bailey prayer out. Oh my God, you guys, I just got a text and it said, it's time to practice your pleasure. Don't forget about your 10% discount. I realize that's Dame. Uh, that's our sponsor this week. Uh, Dame sells uh, sex toys for women. And I do a commercial halfway through today's episode, like I've done the other days. And I think we all knew at some point I was going to try to sell you sex toys. You're like, that Ryan, I like him. Hopefully one day he'll try to sell me a sex toy. Um, but these are actually really high quality, good sex toys. I'm very comfortable in, in selling these, even though I blush a little bit. Uh, you know, I had to look up the word vulva today to, to be a better spokesman for Dame. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I I'm I'm like sweating. We're just talking about it. Uh but seriously, can somebody can one of my listeners buy a sex toy, please? I don't need to see it. I don't need proof of it, but come on, just buy buy a sex toy. Come on. Please. It's, I just I need to show them this podcast is working. Please buy a sex toy. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. What has become of me? Okay, finally, the uh, most important story of today is a story that we've been following and, uh, you know, of course, the Free Britney movement. So Free Britney, uh, we had a very important uh, uh, hearing today in court where Britney, she got the right, you know, what's so crazy? So she got the right to hire the attorney of her choosing. And um, which, which is amazing news. 
Uh, right? It's amazing news. But all of this just so she could hire this gentleman, Matthew Rosengart, to represent her for the conservatorship. Like, she had to fight just to get the representation she wants. And remember, she is paying for all of the people that are working against her that repre- representation. So is it, isn't that just so, so bizarre? Um, but that's good. We're going to see what he can do. He, uh, he already suggested that Jamie, her father, step down if he really does love Brittany. Um, so uh, TMZ reports, so for those keeping score, the judge approved the resignation of Sam Ingham. That was Brittany's original attorney. Uh, approved Bessemer Trust quitting as the co-conservator of the estate. They said it was too messy and they wanted out. And that leaves Jamie, her dad, as sole conservator of her estate, Jody as her personal conservator, and Rosengart as Brittany's new attorney. So that is where we at, where we're at. So Jamie, her dad, Jamie's attorney, reiterated his belief that Montgomery is responsible for several of the things Brittany complained about during her previous testimony, like her desire to remove the IUD and get married. So Montgomery is uh, is the the Jody lady. So, but Jody has said, no, 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 that is not, that is Jamie, Jamie's fault. And I will prove that. Um, Brittany has made a point of saying that she is totally fine with Jody Montgomery remaining her personal conservator. So right there just shows us how damaging having Jamie, her dad involved in this conservator is the fact that they're even arguing on whose idea it was to not be able to remove the IUD Think about how scary that is. So, yeah, Brittany's brand new attorney, Rosengart, uh, was in the courtroom and said if Jamie loved his daughter, he would resign today. And then at 3.39 Pacific Standard Time, Brittany addressed the court by phone during the hearing and repeated her desire to end the conservatorship. She claimed her father, Jamie Spears, and others involved in the conservatorship had threatened her and added, there should be no threats to me at all, ever. I have serious abandonment issues. Uh, TMZ uh, editorializes, and I don't like the words they used here. Uh, They say, at times she seemed to ramble about other horrible things that have happened to her. Like, I don't like the word ramble. I think that paints a bad picture. Uh, She claimed that they took away her hair vitamins, her coffee, and her car keys after she got a traffic ticket. It was hard to tell the timing of those events. She also broke down in tears, saying she wanted Jamie removed from the conservatorship today and requested her father be investigated for conservator abuse. Um, And then later on, she posted an Instagram of her riding horseback, and it says, coming along, folks, coming along. New with real representation today, dot, dot, dot. I feel gratitude and blessed. Thank you to my fans who are supporting me. You have no idea what it means to me. You have no idea what it means to me. Be supported by such awesome fans. God bless you all. Psst. This is me celebrating by horseback riding and doing cartwheels today. There was also a video of her doing cartwheels. And then a couple of emojis and then hashtag free Britney. So I believe this is the first time she's used the hashtag free Britney, which, um, everybody seemed very excited about her boyfriend sam ascari also left a supportive comment saying internet is about to explode hashtag free britney 
So that is what we have so far, folks. We will be getting further information. Um, I, guys, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited she has a really good attorney because supposedly this guy is the real deal. But this thing just seems like a mess. It just seems like a mess no matter how you cut it. And hopefully it can get settled and that we can actually get Britney free. I mean, because how amazing. We, we could get Benefer together. We can free Britney. If we can do those two things in one year, guys, we've won the year. If, if, if this happens, there's nothing we can't do. We, you know what? We should make a pact, a so bad it's good pact, that if we get Britney freed, we got to each do something that we've been putting off that is scary for us to do. You know what? I'm not joking. We should really do this. If, 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 if Britney actually gets free from the conservatorship or Jamie steps down, we should do one thing that has always scared the pants of us, but we know deep down it's good for us. Whether that be mending fences with, uh, with an old friend that maybe you, you fell off from, um, maybe taking a class that you've been putting off. Um, I don't know. There, there's so many things, but think about that. If we can get this fixed, maybe we can fix uh, other things in our lives. Why don't we use this for us? <laughs> no, but that is very, very exciting. Oh, also, I think I told you guys that I was offered to do that Army Hammer documentary, and I was really mulling it over. I talked to one of the producers this week, and I'm kind of still on the fence about it. Um, but I think I'm leaning towards maybe doing it, and I just I don't know... So I think I'm going to do it. A lot of you guys wrote to me and said I should do it. So I think I'm going to. I'm just nervous because I always want to treat something this seriously with a lot of respect. And I do have a little bit of a personal relationship with ARMY. And part of me was kind of like, for a second, like, is that really shitty of me to do? But at the same time, he did really horrible things. And, and... And maybe that's what, like, people that abuse people, they bank on is other people's guilt in never speaking out against them. But I also want to make sure that I never do anything because I think I because I think it will further my career. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never want to do something like, look at me, look at me. But at the same time, like I've always said, I've always dreamed of being like a talking head. But this is such a serious subject manner that it really doesn't. I don't know. I keep going back and forth on it. Um, but uh, I think I'm leaning towards doing it. Um, it's just one of those things. You just got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, I think. So, okay, that got a little too serious. Now we are back to laughter, folks. So today, my guests, they uh, they have a podcast, uh, a successful Instagram account, one of my favorite Instagram accounts. I, I know it's one of your favorites as well. And their podcast is just so darn good. I was listening to them today and I just really love, they do three podcasts a week. They have another lady involved that started this uh, with with them as well. And uh, But I just got to talk with them about all of the things that we love. And they're just so funny, so smart. I loved their voices. Um, you can't beat it. So I think you guys are really, really going to love this. Oh, and yesterday's episode, by the way, with reality pollsters with Sasha, if you haven't checked that out, check it out. I really, really thought that conversation was great. And I know you guys might not know who that is yet, but I always try to put people on that I really like and that I think you guys will like too. So sometimes, even if it's not maybe a name that you know, 
um, if you like, sometimes just trust me that I, I'm going to always try to put something in it that's, that's, that's fun to listen to or something that I think is informative in some way. Um, so today's guests, Emma Diamond and Isabel Greenberg, uh, from comments by celebs, the podcast, uh, comments by Bravo, all the comments family, my new friends, Isabel Greenberg and Emma Diamond. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Thursday episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, today's guest, I, I really have wanted on since the very beginning. If you are on Instagram or if you are a podcaster and you love Bravo or even pop culture, you know my next guest. Their brand is insanely strong, but they are insanely amazing. Their podcast is so detailed and their Instagram account is so hysterically funny. They basically get to take comments that bravo people put on other pictures or celebrities put on other pictures it, it is insanely insanely amazing so um i wanted to welcome to the show finally uh isabel greenberg and emma diamond comments by celebs comments by bravo welcome to the show <laughs> that was so nice hi how are you hi. thank you for having us I um I was just listening to you guys this morning. Uh, both of you have great voices, by the way. Um, and you do. How did this all get started for you guys? Because nobody wakes up and says, "You know what? I'm going to do an Instagram account where I'm going to take uh, uh, comments other people make and just put them out there, and then I'm going to do a podcast as well." <laughs> yeah, it was a total accident. Basically, what happened was back in April of 2017 when Instagram had initially changed the algorithm to kind of hide highlight verified comments. Because if you think back in the day, those blue checks never showed up high in the comment section, they were mixed in. And so we saw that change happen. And I just knew that I had to capitalize on it. So. <laughs> this is exactly how Zuckerberg did with Facebook. You're like, I saw, I saw a hole in the market. I saw it. Exactly. And so I made this account. I actually texted our friend Julie and I said, do you want to do this with me? I don't want to tell anyone. So it's funny because at the time, Julie, who's not on right now, was living in the sorority house at Syracuse with Isabel. And Isabel didn't know that it was us for the first few months. <laughs> well, a real like gossip girl. Wow, this is amazing. And then and then I took Julie's phone once because we were like making this meme about Scott and Sophia Ritchie. And I happened to stumble upon her screenshot folder and see that there were comments and the way that they were edited. And and I she get you, got wait, you stumbled upon it? Yeah. Well, I was in her photos. She left her phone with me while she was in the shower. And I happened to see some edited comments put together. And I was like, I gotcha. And then it was kind of, then it was like, I wasn't on it. So then it was just the three of us. Oh my God. What was that conversation? Like, I got to talk to you right now, Missy. Like, what was that conversation? Oh my it was, gosh. It was, you know, I, she came in the room and I just said, I know. And she said, you don't know. And I was like, I, I know, I know. What do and you I, know? Yeah. And she's like, what do you know? Like, do you know what I know? And then, you know, it's funny because however many years later, our group chat is still called the affair because I always joked that they were having an affair on me. We still to this day, like we are fully business partners and we talk and we have the affair, the affair backup, the affair work. Like it's just, 
It just kind of never died. <laughs> oh my! A fair spawn con, a fair tummy tea, a fair. <laughs> um, so break down the the two accounts. So it's comments by Bravo and comments by celebs, right? Yes. Yeah, so break. So comments by celebs, comments by Bravo, comments by celebs obviously started first, and then it was comments by Bravo. The we we got to make it a separate account for Bravo. Yeah, we actually ended up doing a bunch. We have comments by athletes, you know, comments by Bachelor over. I don't know sports at all, so that like is totally. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Neither do we. Neither do we. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) We had to hire someone. I, you know, what happened with the Bravo account was that we obviously are so fascinated with everything in the world of Bravo, but we realized that people who are not fans of Bravo get really mad when you consider Bravo celebrities celebrities, and so we wanted to be able to explore this niche a little bit more and post the content freely. And that's how that account really started. Is it insanely scary to have 1.7 million followers follow you? Like that is, <laughs> that just scare that, that boggles my mind. Like I've never had 1.7 million of any, maybe rice I've had 1.7 million of, <laughs> but like, is that get scary at a certain point to be this successful? And I, I, I appreciate that. You know, I think it would be scary if it was, us, but we, you know, like I said to you, we're totally behind the scenes. So it, we're, it's the account is faceless. It's really just the content. Yeah. So yeah, the idea of the actual- content is king. That's what, totally. the, what we highlight. And, but I love that you guys are, but then I love that the podcast, you actually see what big of what fans you are of these things. You have critical thinking on these shows. And what I love about Bravo, I always say Bravo um, viewers are the the, the smartest people out there, you know, is that we're some of the funniest and we're some of the smartest and we can handle critical thinking, or at least I'd like to until Real Housewives of New York this season, or now I'm kind of, <laughs> um, it, it seems like a landmine, but I love that you guys do both. And you're so detailed in your podcast. If you guys don't listen to the podcast, you have to, I'm sure you do already because they're in huge, but I really love that. I mean, what broke off then you're like, I, I want to talk about this on a podcast. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, this was so early on. It was within the first year. It was 2018. Isabel wasn't even working for us at the time. It was totally, they they were still in college. You know, I was out. I'm two years ahead of Julie and Isabel. And we got a call from Betches and they said, you know, we're trying to expand our podcast and we would love to come in. We'd love, you know, to have a meeting. And I said to Julie, I think we have to do this, you know? And so we ended up only being with Betches for the first six or so months. We're now with Cadence, but it was a very natural progression. And we actually, I forever will feel indebted to Kelly Ripa because I, you know, she had been an early fan of the account and I called her, I said, would you be our inaugural podcast guest? And she was so excited and willing to do it. And I really think her willingness is one of the things that got us a, a start. It is funny because nobody gets into podcasting thinking that it will, I mean, you're kind of just yelling into the void, which is what kind of social media is anyways. But the podcasting, like I, I love people that start podcasts and they're like, I'm really in it. You know, my podcast isn't a success. It's been a month and I don't, nobody's listening. You know, I'm like, <laughs> this is like a year. This is not, somebody doesn't get into this for the fame of podcasting, you know? No. Um, so uh, you have the podcast, you have the, the Instagram and Two huge things, examples that I think you guys knocked out of the park, or, or I wonder if these are like gifts for your account is uh, one Bravo and one non-Bravo. So the non-Bravo will start off is, is something insane happened in terms of, and I don't know if you guys have discovered this, that uh, men are potentially horrible. Um, <laughs> Chloe Kardashian posts a photo of her um, showering off because uh, she was dirty, I guess. And um, and so we get Lamar Odom, her ex, and saying like, hottie. 
and which is fine. Everybody's like, ooh, Lamar, ooh, Lamar, you know. And then later on, you have Tristan commenting, um, God brought you back one time, or like if you're gonna play, it was it was very convoluted, but it I don't think you can make any bones that he was it was potentially weirdly threatening because mm-hmm. Lamar almost lost his life. And you guys posted this initial reactions. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. There are comments and then there are comments. And this one goes in the list of things that we were in such disbelief as it was happening. And, you know, listen, let the record show. For Chloe's sake, I do wish this never happened. I think this had to have been more mortifying for her from purely a business perspective. This was something we could have never dreamed up because I was Personally, for me, I was absolutely floored. I never thought, you have to remember, we posted the Lamar comment first, thinking yeah. that in and of itself was crazy, you know? <laughs> and then and then a few hours later, six hours later, Tristan is leaving a pretty thinly veiled death threat. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, but that's 2021 for you. Then I was like, are we waiting for French Montana to get involved? Like, what is uh, I, I, the, the <laughs> comment? But it was so frustrating just from... Uh, you know, following the Chloe story, and I, I go, I'm on record on the podcast where I, I know my parents say I can't say hate uh, a lot, but I really dislike Tristan Thompson. I dislike him so greatly, and I think it is so horrible. What the gall on this man to have cheated on this lady publicly so many times? You shouldn't even be able to make comments on her Instagram. Exactly. I mean, I, Isabel, you can take over because you know that I could talk about this forever. It was it was um, such a display of narcissism and territorialism for a man that has absolutely no legs to stand on, really. Doesn't yeah. deserve it. What do you think, Isabel? I was going to say, we've been talking about this a lot because we've actually been going back and watching all of the old Kardashians kind of in a row. And we Yeah, you guys you guys do a, a recap Kardashian um, uh, episode. You do three episodes a week. One of those is a Kardashian throwback. And I, I used to do a Kardashian podcast and it, it, it's so fascinating. What, what, what have you discovered yeah. going back? So Emma and Julie had just recapped Chloe and Lamar's wedding, like literally last week. So I was in the throes. I've rewatched it millions of times. And like we lived through it with Chloe of what she went through marrying Lamar. Then when they had their separation, when he went through all his issues, when he almost died. And like we were talking about, Chloe lived through that. And that is still like a very probably hard, sensitive, traumatic time in her life. And just because she's not with Lamar anymore, she still lived it. So then for Tristan to be like commenting publicly about something that she also lived through and it's sort of a dig her too. And it was a painful time in her life. Like, I just think he just never misses the opportunity to do the wrong thing. Yeah. It's almost like Kendall Jenner and products she represents. She always picks the wrong one. Like, you know, it's like, but I mean, also Chris Jenner is slipping. Chris, how are you letting this happen? Like Chris, you got to call Tristan and say, you can't, you, this can't be happening. I like what you said about Lamar and Chloe that we, we watched her go through this. We watched her survive this as well, which I think is like a really amazing uh, thing to point out. But even the Lamar thing, I, hearing people react, and I saw it on your comments after you had posted the first one, people were like, oh my God, you guys get back together. Why would we ever encourage that? No, no. That's what we were saying. It's very easy to momentarily slip back in because the love that they had was real. I do believe that. And I think on some level, they do have a soulmate connection, but it's irreparable. What happened was so dark and there's no coming back from that. And that's why we said, listen, yes, Tristan is making Lamar look good, but let this not get us, let's not get it twisted. It's not like Lamar is the hero of the day here. 
It's nope. so hard. It's so hard not to slip back in, though. I got to be honest. When you watch the wedding and you see them, it's like it hurts. Well, I was watching uh, some of the episodes of Chloe and Lamar, the spinoff series, and it is interesting to watch that whole thing and to watch it in retrospect. I think that's the amazing thing about reality shows and following these pop culture figures is that we now have a history to go back and it kind of makes those episodes so much more tragic if you know what has happened after the fact, you know? Yeah. And Chloe and Lamar too was when things I think started sort of going downhill for him. And now to watch back, like knowing what was going on potentially behind the scenes when it got a little bit darker, it's like, you know, it's a whole different thing because when we were watching real time, we had no idea what was going on. I know it is fascinating how the Kardashians always manage to present a certain way, but there's such a an interesting darkness behind the scenes that if they actually rolled cameras on that, you would have the number one reality sh- series of all times. It would not even, you couldn't even hold a candle to what their lives actually are, which I always find fascinating what they end mm-hmm. up showing to us because it's always yeah. what they choose to show. Totally, totally. Um, speaking of that, so... But I also love even this week, you had a similar thing with Craig and Naomi from Southern Charm as, as Matul, of course, cheated. So, you know, we that's what she even said. Uh, but then people are like, oh, get back together with Craig. I'm like, why? Why does every I mean, I know we have such fond memories, but also play that out like it didn't end well. She did not want to be with him. Craig still is sowing his wild oats. You know, he's has his armor on page now. Right. <laughs> I, I think people love, I guess, the nostalgia of it. And also they want to create this happy ending in their minds. But yes, it's very confusing how um, we look at back at things with like rose colored glasses. And that wasn't the reality. I mean, it's, do you guys ever think about going back to your exes uh, when stuff like this happens? Like <laughs> we, we should all just send a message to our ex now. of Like, do you see that uh, Naomi Craig stuff? Crazy, right? Like- <laughs> I think I think that like. Ben Affleck and J-Lo and Jen and Brad, like that whole era of breakups and celebrities has kind of just ruined us. And now the fact that (laughs) J-Lo and Ben Affleck are actually back together and like living Living out out this whole Naomi and Craig romance vision that we all have is like, I think it really messed us up because everyone's immediate reaction is always go back to Lamar, go back to Craig. And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute, like when they were together, all we wanted them to do was break up because we knew it wasn't healthy. We're so fickle. I mean, pop culture is so fickle. And like at the Benefer thing at first, like I was like, yeah, this is what we need. We're coming out of a pandemic. We need this kind of hope. Like if they can make it, maybe I can make it in my life. And then now we have to live with the, okay, like they're still together. Okay. Like what else is going to happen? What else do you got for me? We're almost, it's like a rabid fan base of, okay, we got a kissing uh, one of them. Okay. And then of course you spawn that off to Kravis, which now we're getting news that maybe they got engaged this weekend in Vegas. And I mean, I totally believe that would happen. It looks like they're insane for each other. Here's my thing. I haven't made my mind up yet on whether or not I believe this particular timeline. Like, I don't know if there's truth in that it happened this weekend, but I would be absolutely floored if within sometime in the next six months to a year, there isn't an engagement. Like who's to say if this is true or not, it very well could be, but yeah, I think they're in it for the long haul. I honestly do because they've, they've known each other for so long. That connection has been building. And it's very similar to the connection that, or what the story of with Kanye and Kim was, was that they were friends for a very long time. He always loved her. He always liked her a lot. And then it eventually the friendship led to more, which I think is what is happening here. But even then it it is this weird soap opera. and, And this is where your account really comes into play too, is that a lot of this plays out 
online uh, more than it does on any of these shows. So we're in like one of the best off seasons of keeping up with the Kardashians ever, just like we're in one of the best off seasons of Southern charm ever. It's like better mm-hmm. than the show. <laughs> that's, that's what we always say, except for with Kardashians, we were saying this, especially this week with the comments, we are not going to ever get that footage. We're never going to get not only the footage of what Chloe felt when she saw those comments come in, or I want to see more of, Courtney and Travis, like I, if this was normal and there was going to be a season 21 of keeping up their social media presence would be fueling my excitement for this next season. Cause I would hope for an appearance and that's just not going to happen. So I don't know. I'm praying to the Hulu gods, but who knows? I mean, how much kissing we do can get a we lot see? of them on Instagram though. We do. I mean, like, uh, you know, I would, I would almost dare to say too much. Like, I would almost like, I feel like I'm seeing like, like tonsil hockey every other day. Okay. So bringing it back to Bravo a little bit. Uh, the other uh, issue, the other thing that happened this week in terms of Instagram comments, we had Kathy Hilton. Cat uh, <laughs> now, Kathy is truly a gift. I don't care if it's an act. I don't care. But Kyle Richards did a birthday post to Erica Jane, and it was a really loving birthday post. And you had a lot of other Bravo celebrities comment on it. And then Kathy Hilton, God bless her soul, just wrote, "Ha." Huh. <laughs> It never gets old. I truthfully, in my heart of hearts, think she meant to write happy birthday and just press send too soon. Just based like scientifically on her past of writing, oh, hey, this is Kathy on Rick's iPad. Or when she goes live and doesn't mean it, she's notorious for commenting and liking people's photos who she has no idea who they are. I think she wouldn't write a ha under that photo. But you can't help but laugh at it. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that it. I, but I love the fact that it is a mystery. It really could go either way. What do you? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, no. I my gut is to agree with Isabel because I don't think that uh, she would do it in a negative way. That being said, the ha could be playful. Have you ever thought about doing comments by Kathy? <laughs> we now should. We it would probably get more followers than comments by celebs because everyone's just obsessed with her and anything she writes ends up being funny. I don't know how or why, but it just ends up being funny. Some people have the touch. Some people just have that gift of, uh, uh, well, I mean, in terms of Bravo, where do you guys sit? What is your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite franchise? I mean, up until a month ago, I would have said New York, <laughs> you know, I, I think right now it's, it's definitely between Potomac and, and Beverly Hills. I, I, I feel a sense of loyalty to Beverly Hills, but Potomac really brings it in a way that I am just so grateful for. Yeah. I love Beverly Hills in New York just for the nostalgia. Like the early seasons, there's literally nothing like it. And I won't let myself rewatch it too many times because I just can't get sick of it. But Potomac, when I watch those seasons, there is not one bad episode, truly. It is so strong and it's only getting better. And last season is really what kind of propelled our podcast into a whole other world because we were being so scientific as Emma says about that reunion like we were writing theses as our outline and 
I just feel so kind of embedded in it now and I just can't get enough. And they pick right back up just as amazing in the first episode of this season. They didn't have any huge fights, even though they did have that great conversation at the dinner scene at the very end, which I thought was amazing. But uh, it just it set up so many good stories already. And that's just the first episode. Like I, you just look for I, it's already something that you just it slips into a comfy robe and it like it, it is just I can't wait for Sunday. And I love shows like that where you just can't wait for the next episode. Yes. Totally. That is exactly what we were saying. And also the way that they communicate with each other is so much more real than so many other franchises. I was saying on our podcast, we haven't released it yet, but when Giselle says at the dinner table, well, you know, everyone here knows I can't stand Karen. If you didn't watch the show, you would have thought that this so-called Karen was not in the room. Meanwhile, she was sitting across the table. Like that's brilliant. And then, and then what I loved about that, Karen didn't even phase her. She goes, I don't like you as well. Like she didn't even, it was like, it was on top of each other. Like that's like in theater, you're like, keep those no beats and no air between the lines. And Karen didn't even look shocked. She rolled with it. And then all of a sudden she said, what, what did she say? You're a, you're a basic whore from Hartford. What, what did she say? You're a broken whore from Hampton University. Who comes up with lines like that? That's amazing. We always say that one or two lines from one scene in Potomac would be a entire storyline in a different franchise that they would take those little comments and run, but they just kind of happen and then they keep moving. Like there's so much packed into one episode or one scene or even one dinner. Like they would be dwelling on this dinner in other franchises for pretty much the whole rest of the season, but we haven't even seen anything yet. No, it's, I feel like it's, I don't know sports a lot, but I feel like it's when they say a player is just on fire. Like you can't, <laughs> you can throw a past it. And what, even though that I don't personally love Candace and I'm uh, questionable on Giselle at times, I still appreciate every person there. You can, th- you know, you can throw to the ball to any of those ladies and they're even Mia, I thought already was a very strong addition to this group. That's what I was saying. I thought she was great. I mean, obviously we don't have too much context, but I think she knows how to play the game. Isabel was saying that potentially she may know too much, kind of like the Jen Shaw effect of having watched too much Housewives, but I, I think I was into it. And I love with Potomac that you feel like you're you're watching real relationships between real ladies instead of any kind of stunt casting, which they're starting to do on other franchises. I can't wait to explore further this history because it is actually based in reality. No, I just got, are you wearing a Brooks Marks tracksuit right now? I sure am. I tried to dress up. I'm the carrot top of Bravo, Isabel. It's- I just got so distracted. I'm like, I recognize that sweatshirt. <laughs> um, yeah, I like in Potomac when they have history. I think we were speaking about this with New York. It's when they run in similar circles or they know a lot of the same people or they feel like there actually is history behind their friendships. It sort of enriches like us caring more about what they think about each other and what fights they get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think any good reality show, if you base it in relationships, that will pay off dividends. You know, it might not sometimes, it's sometimes a slow burn, but like uh, th- these ladies remind me of earlier seasons of New York, how they would just be on top of each other with the conversation and you could pick any sound audio from any of those ladies and it would be an amazing line from any of those ladies talking over each other. Yes, and the other thing is that what we're dealing with here is not, really, for the most part, petty fights. I mean, they're talking about real issues and stuff that anybody on a housewife show or not would be pissed about. 
Well, then, I mean, Potomac is firing on all cylinders. But then if you compare it with New York, I mean, New York is kind of a shell of its former former self. Even though I think they have a lot of building blocks there, something is not um, it's not clicking as a group. There's only five ladies and it, um, it it just does not crackle at all. And I'm not even talking about Ebony. I don't think that is uh, it is on her shoulders. What, what are your guys' thoughts this season on New York so far? Oh God, um, you want to start? <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to ask you this. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Listen, I mean, it, it's exactly what we were just talking about. These women, even the ones that have been friends for a long time, the impression that I get is that they are not enjoying their time together. And let me make it very clear. Honest to God, I don't think it's Ebony. I really enjoy Ebony. I actually think she brings such a freshness to this group. I... I guess the optimist in me is choosing to believe that a lot of this is potentially because of COVID and they can't go to these similar events and there can't be these other people surrounding it. That is what I'm choosing to believe. But I think it just feels too much like they're showing up to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 actually trying too hard because there's only five ladies. So they're trying to fill this space and they they're they're they seem like they're caricatures of themselves. Like Sonia right. is, you know, fully Sonia-ing out. It's like she's hulking out where she's like, okay, you want the clown? You got the clown. You know, Ramona's pooping on the floor. They're pulling out old chestnuts like that. It's just, <laughs> it's very hard because like I said, we, we just love New York. And I think what it used to be and kind of the core of the show is these women who kind of ran in similar circles and the cameras were following them and just seeing what happened naturally. Whereas now, like Emma said, we are just so painfully aware that they're showing up to like a school field trip and the cameras are watching them and there's the pressure on them to try to make something happen and make magic. And this is what housewives are supposed to do. They're supposed to fight or they're supposed to like yell at each other at a dinner and it just doesn't feel authentic. And even between Ramona and Sonia and Luann, who have been doing this for so many years together, I don't feel their chemistry. And I don't think any of them care about what the others think of them. And that is sort of the most important thing is wanting to be accepted and approved by the group. And if no one cares about that, then what's even the point? But do you ever think that the fans are really turning against Roni right now? And... I feel like we we sometimes do that as a fan base rather quickly now, rather than like I'm a, I'm I'm in this for the long haul. I'm gonna watch until the very last episode of any of these shows. I'm not going anywhere. I can they can have a bad season. That's fine. Like they'll pick it back up at a certain point. But we do get rabid where we're like, we need heads. Leah's gone. No, Ramona's gone. We we do these castings in our head and kind of create this whole hysteria around it. You guys have to see that all the time in doing what you do. What what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it's, it's unfair at times, just like anything in life, we can, they can go through lulls. No, we see that all the time. And you're right, people want results immediately. And so they go into this mode where they just want to recast the entire thing. And I think, you know, on one hand, we have to be patient, not everything can be Potomac all the time. And I get that. At the same time, I find myself being guilty of that same thing, because and I hate to say this, the last few weeks I've said to Isabel does Leah just need to go like I know we try to give people more than two seasons but is that the issue I don't know if that's unfair for me to say but that's how I feel I sort of feel that it's not necessarily all casting I think everybody immediately jumps to who needs to be fired who need they need to bring back Bethany and Tinsley and Dorinda and I think it's always just like immediately to the casting when 
sometimes production and sort of the setups and the expectations and the way that they edit and maneuver the whole season plays a huge, like that is the show that is just as important as who's on the cast. So I don't know, like you said, I am in it till the long haul. I'll never stop watching. There's pretty much nothing they could do to make me not watch anymore. Like there's the bar is basically non-existent, but it is becoming more and more of a chore and a little bit just frustrating and honestly kind of sad. Well, yeah, it's like how far the mighty have fallen and you, it's just like we were talking about looking forward to Potomac every week. It's very different now. It is kind of like going to work to watch Real Housewives of New York because I'm trying to pay attention to it. I'm trying to to critically think about it. I'm trying to enjoy it. But at the same time, Beverly Hills is just right now, for me, firing on all cylinders, where it's another one where I just can't wait for it to come back on every week. Right. And, you know, I will say when it comes to Beverly Hills, the circumstances are something we couldn't have dreamt up. You know, of <laughs> course, like, yes, do we wish that this never happened with Tom and Erica for the sake of these victims? Of course, if I had my choice. But if it is going to happen, it may as well be happening. The divorce may be going down while there are cameras rolling. You know, that's, we couldn't write this stuff. It, yeah. it, and it, and it's a, a certain litmus test actually for how we'll see Real Housewives of Salt Lake City handle the Jen Shaw stuff. Oh my oh God, God. <gasps> I cannot even wait. I don't even let myself think about it because I... <laughs> I just want to be like pleasantly excited and surprised when we finally get a trailer and get to see the cameras rolling when she got like the news and when everybody got the news. But I just feel like with New York, once it's over, I feel like every week I have a sigh of relief that, oh, thank God this episode felt like it went on for so long. Whereas Beverly Hills, I'm like, it's over already. I need more. I need more. Mm-hmm. We, I, 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 you know, DVR it every week. And it is funny. Like when I take notes on real housewives in New York, now I let the commercials play just because I need a break for three minutes yes, with yes. Beverly Hills. I fast forward to, I, I can't get there fast enough for the next scene. I do the exact same thing. And I think that is so the, like the best indicator of how you feel about a season is if you need a break, you need to like get up, you need a brain just rest from watching versus like, I, I can't finish this at fast enough. <laughs> um, so Beverly Hills really, to me, it, it, even with the out the Erica Jane stuff, it works so well. I think the casting is dead on. I, I really love Crystal. I really, I, I like Sutton as well. I, I find, I don't mind that they keep having a conversation about violation because there are so many other elements. And through this fight, we get to see these two ladies personalities. So it's not like puppy gate or panty gate for me. How do you guys feel about it? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, folks, you did not start the show over. This is what I was talking about earlier. Today's show sponsor is Dame. So we've talked about on the show before, we should seek out what's right for us and not compromise on what's most important. Our relationships should add value to our lives and especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products, you guys, is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. It's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples just like you. They are closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. <laughs> Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self we here at So Bad It's Good are sure they will earn a spot on your nightstand. So I recommend you guys the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. Its flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Now you guys, this is the important thing. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, okay? Do this for the show and for your own pleasure. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site wide. Uh, you'll get that unlocked. You can buy anything on the site. Tell them Ryan sent you. <laughs> they actually did send me products. So I, um, I'm, I, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm giggling and I'm blushing and I never thought I would have the pleasure to talk about this, but I, I'm, I'm serious. I have a lot of female friends. They swear by this stuff. I know that that might sound silly to people, but this is actually beneficial and, uh, I recommend it. So go there, do the show a favor and uh, you will enjoy very much your Dame products. And I can't believe I had to say vulva that many times. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, we are both, I think, really big Crystal fans. We were just yeah. from the get. I, I just think she's cool. I think she gets it. She's sharp. Um, I think she, I trust kind of her perception of situations. I I agree with you that I don't necessarily mind the conversation around the violation, because it's not about that. For example, that, that's not what Sutton was mad about last episode. She was mortified given the fact that her love language is gift giving, that she somehow forgot it. She now can't blame anybody but herself for forgetting a gift for Garcelle. And then, as Isabel points out a lot, she definitely has a sensitivity to feeling excluded. And so I think the fact that Crystal was part of a group that got Garcelle this ideal gift was just too much for kind of her... <laughs> 
her yes. to handle. And, you know? um, and also, like you said, we've been through worse. Like this is not the worst or the least interesting fight or storyline that we've had to go through. So I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. That's really how I feel. <laughs> me too. Anyway, yeah, I'm just happy. I just, just include me. Thank you for yeah. letting me watch. Yes. I, you guys brought up this, the Sutton reaction though, when that gift was open was such a beautiful camera shot. You can just, you know, by some weird alchemy, the camera can really pick up what's going on behind in somebody's brain. And you just saw Sutton's look. It just turned and Kyle then went over and checked in and it led to this amazing moment where, you know, we got ugly leather pants, which by the way, I'm no, I'm an old Navy man myself. Do you think those are ugly leather pants? I thought they were nice. <laughs> I liked them. I mean, no, I love the pants. Well, I said to Isabel last week, I was like, at risk of sounding really fashion illiterate, I know that this is not, you know, consistent with couture and I need you off here. I don't trust Sutton's fashion sense because I know she's in the Dolce & Gabbana book, but I've never liked one thing she's ever worn. So I, I don't, I think I'm coming from a different place already. But I feel yeah. like I could get in the Dolce book if I paid enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. But what we also said was, we think that insulting someone's fashion sense or oh. what they're physically wearing in the moment for these women is Huge. almost equivalent to in when they go after their children or their husbands. Like this is as low, <laughs> like is, that is amazing. We do not thing. talk about the husbands. We do not we talk, talk about, about the, the husband. fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that is the level of severity that this kind of dig gives, you know, in other cities, Karen and all of them talk about Giselle's fashion all the time and she doesn't even blink. Well, and I loved Kyle in that moment. She said ugly leather pants. She said ugly leather pants. Did you, she was just repeating it as she was following Sutton out. She's freaking out. I know. And, but at the same time, I think Sutton is a great character. You know, it's like, I, I think, I know she's a real person, but I also think she's a great character of like, she's like, I pray every night, throw me a friggin' bone, God, throw me a friggin' bone. I was like, that's amazing dialogue, you know? She she is, and I think that that so much goes to your point from earlier about, you know, people are so quick to want to recast, and not that anybody wants to do that with Beverly Hills, but it's okay to not necessarily agree with the way that everybody handles the situation. I think if anything, how boring would it be if we did? So just because I may not love the way she handles things, I still want her on the show. Are you kidding? It gives me something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And you need all these dynamics and personalities to make it interesting. If they all just sit there and get along and love each other and are really best friends, it's what we have no show. Like you yeah. need these kind of different opinions. And she just brings something that I don't really think we've ever had. No, I mean, completely. And the other, the other kind of uh, discourse we're having right now, which I don't believe in is the Dorit thing is that Dorit is not doing enough this season. She's not quote unquote bringing it. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I, I think obviously objectively, she's been a little bit less involved, but we were saying last week, it's not bothering us. Like, okay, maybe, maybe what's going on in her life right now isn't as exciting. She always, let's, let me tell you something. The nonverbal moment that Dorit gave us last week, when in the midst of Sutton's meltdown, she had her selfie camera up to check her makeup. Oh. That gives us more <laughs> than a lot of other people do. And they're talking the whole time. And people always complain that they want Beverly Hills to be aspirational and fashionable. And they bring us the glamour. Dorit is single-handedly like, handing all of that on a silver platter to us. So let's just not complain. So yeah. what? She shows up to the party 
looking fabulous in Louis Vuitton. She asked Lisa Rinna if her daughter, if her daughter dating Scott Disick is a Mazel Tov or not. And then she keeps her mouth shut. Like that is fully enough for me. I mean, we got, I'm a child of the world. I'm going to <laughs> child of the world. Like I love, I mean, to me, that's what I'm saying. But I, I feel like this show is firing on so many cylinders right now that Dorit can take a step back, that it doesn't mean anything that sometimes, you know, maybe by the way, she gave us Puka to Beppo. Like she doesn't, she can retire for the rest of her career if she wants with that kind of stuff. I don't need it every week. I'm just happy to have her there in the background. And you're right with that single moment of checking her herself out in the front facing camera is such a Dorit move that tells us volumes about who this woman is. It's those small moments that I think people remember in the long run. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I equated it uh, on our podcast to a very Kim Kardashian move. That was the energy that it gave me of like, it's not that I don't care what you're saying, but I just care more about how I look in this moment and kind of like owning her vanity. And you can't, how can you shame someone who owns their own vanity? You can't, yeah. they've accepted it. Right. And also with Dorit, I'd rather her kind of sit back and watch and just interject when she feels necessary than to try and come up with some storyline that we don't believe. Like how many times do we say, oh, they're just trying to pull this out for the cameras. It doesn't feel authentic. She's just doing her job. Like she's there. She's showing up. She says what she needs to say, but she's not making something up to just have a storyline. And then we would all know that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this even even the the husbands are bringing it Harry Hamlin's secret garden, <laughs> him cooking, you know, like him making Lisa Rinna run around with a fire hose for a fire drill. I mean, to me, even Harry Ham, I- I'm what a breath of fresh air that almost humanizes Lisa Rinna a little bit. You know, it's so, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I would love your take on this. I was saying to Isabel last week that I think the reason that I love Harry on the screen so much, aside from the fact that it's just more insight into their lives and who doesn't like that, is that it's the only time I feel Lisa is not the alpha and and excitedly not the alpha. You know, she very much wants to take the back seat to him. And I think what's happening for me personally is that I am loving seeing Lisa in this role. It's it's a totally new Lisa. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more because I really passionately have disliked Lisa from last season because I really... I really thought what she did to Denise was really horrible um, in that sense. But to me, this kind of humanizes her. We get to see a different angle of it. And just even just those little moments of like, uh, taste, taste this sauce, Lisa, taste this. I like this one. It's from our garden. You should, you know, like that kind of uh, play, you just really see how that relationship works. And it gave me a, a little bit more of an appreciation for Lisa through that. Yeah. It's hysterical. Um, hysterical. What, uh, is there any characters, you guys seem fairly positive. Um, is there any characters that just grind your gears? Because sometimes part of loving these shows is disliking these characters. I think that is just as valid as loving a character who do you guys have any dislikes on any of the franchises? Hmm. Um, do you want me to go? It's okay. No, I won't tell anybody. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I had to choose, this season, I'm really not vibing with Leah. I, I was a huge fan of hers last season, but it's yeah. really, I'm having like kind of a fundamental opposition that I'm trying to work through. And then I know this isn't necessarily the most popular opinion, but I've never really connected with Candace. I love her as a housewife. I'm so happy she's on the show, but I just, there's something where I connect so deeply, I feel with the other Potomac women and I don't necessarily connect with her. And that those are probably the two for me. What about yeah. you, Isabel? 
you know, it really pains me, but I've just lost anything for Luann. And (laughs) like, I just think I've watched her through so many different phases. And I think at the point that all the women got really just annoyed with her, with her cabaret and countess and the whole thing, I never really lost that. And I feel like she's just annoying me a little bit more and more as the seasons and the years go on. And something about her presence last night at the dinner, I don't know if it was that she had her Chanel earrings on the wrong ears (laughs) or that she just like was just really giving me energy of that she did not want to be there and also does not like anyone sitting around the table. It's so hard because I feel like nostalgic and I feel like I loved her for so many years, but she's just not doing it for me anymore. Well, I mean, if we were to look critically about, I always think, I don't know if you guys, the further you get into these shows, you start thinking about how the sausage is made and the behind the scenes stuff. And I know we get all these rumors like we were talking about, but you really do wonder on a franchise like New York, you got to look to the future and how long, even though Luann is part of the Mount Rushmore of New York, how long, I mean, do we either go that way or do we try to get more youthful people in here? Do we keep the cast the same? I do wonder what production goes through because at a certain point we've seen, we've seen all of their tricks at this point. Like even, like I said, even last night, like the fact that it's, the fact that I've normalized Ramona pooping on a floor, like that's normal <laughs> to me now. Like I've, I've, we've seen it multiple times. Yeah. That's bizarre to me. Like eventually that franchise is going to make, have to make some really tough decisions. I think. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, for myself, I always say I disagree with pretty much every single thing Ramona stands for. I still don't want to see her go. I'd rather see Luann go than Ramona because I think yeah. Ramona, I think there is something about the way Ramona exists in the world that is <laughs> like just we never I've never seen it before on reality TV and I and I don't know if that could be recreated but I just want to say that on last night's episode I think you know I don't think Rashawn knew what obviously she was trying to get a rise I don't yeah. think she knew what she was doing to the extent that she did it with calling them kind of boring because I think specifically for all of them but maybe Luann the most. Like that is the worst dig you could give because one, she's aware that this season isn't giving what it normally gives. She's been there from the beginning. And second of all, I don't know if you think there's any legitimacy to this. I said this to Isabel. I think on a subconscious level, Luann may feel a level of, I guess you could call it um, insecurity or fear that she's not as quote fun when she's sober, even though she has a lot of pride about the sobriety. So it saddens me that that may be going through her mind, but I, I wondered if that was at all intertwined in the level of her reaction. I definitely think so. Uh, kind of like um, Ebony with Luann when they were at uh, Luann's house and Ebony was making a point about when she was bringing up, she was the most educated person there. And Ebony was making a very specific comment um, about uh, race and things like that. And all Luann heard was, you're calling me classless? You're calling me like she's not listening. So she's taking these things very personal because if Luann wants to be known for anything, it's elegance and class, just like she wants to be known as somebody fun without drinking. And I think this is another case where what we celebrate these ladies for are their egos. But at the same time, these egos will be the death of them in the long run because they don't actually hear and they take these things so personally instead of what I think was just Bershawn just trying to make something happen. Yeah. What I said to Emma too was I felt Luann at that dinner table so badly wanting to just say, have you watched our show? Have you seen what we've done and all the fun trips we've taken, how much fun we've had? And 
you know, what kind of life I've lived, even with the education thing and wanting to just so badly break the fourth wall and say like, I've been doing this show for, you know, however many seasons and we've had the fun, we've done it. You've never clearly seen us in our peak and this is just not a fun group. And she so badly wanted to kind of pull that out. Obviously she couldn't, but I just felt them being very defensive of sort of their past and the past seasons and harping on how they used to be in sort of the prime peak of Housewives of New York. Mm-hmm. But that's all ego. That's what I mean. You know, you're right. It's like, she's like, I, I attacked an officer. I, I, I you yeah. know, I was the, it's about Tom and we got a yacht girl, you know, like we, it, it is one of those things though. I do feel like there's only so long that you can rest on your laurels. And that's that, I mean, that is like, none of us as people, even like, I, I keep thinking about like our lives as seasons. Like we all had pretty bad seasons last year, you know, 2020 yeah. sucked for all of us. Like I would recast my own life at this point. And mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, I'm willing to, I'm in it for the long haul. I just wonder about real housewives in New York and specifically, even though we're in a COVID season, even though there's only five, there still feels like a weird imbalance that some people they're all trying so hard yet at the same time, feel like they don't want to be there at the same, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, I so get it. I, it's, it's, I, I can't tell you how cathartic it is to talk to, for both of us, I think, to talk to someone else who puts it in the same terms that we do, because it's just really validating when other people are so on your same page about this show that you have such a love for, yet such a simultaneous sadness about. Yeah, yeah. My, ther- my therapist is really worried about me at this point. You know? <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, New York was such a part of my life, and it's yes. so important. It's yes. just so important to me that when I go on Twitter and I see how everyone else just feels so defeated, and it's almost like we're watching something that we love and are so passionate about, and it's such a part of who we are, sort of just derail. Yeah. It's like, it's very depressing. It's really sad. But I feel like that's how we are as pop culture uh, fanatics now, though, is that we are, you know, we're almost uh, bipolar in some ways is that we can reach these high highs really quickly and we get hit low lows really quickly. But I think that's also another to your point about Leah, maybe not being your favorite this season was that because she had reached such high highs, but at the moment when she was you know, we were all trapped in our rooms during the pandemic. So this fresh person standing up to Ramona, Sonia, Luann coming in, shaking things up. It was so exciting to watch from the four walls of my bedroom that I was trapped in. But at the same time, now in the second season, when things are opening back up, when they now I feel like we're coming, you know, down from our high and we have a hangover and we're like, it just doesn't feel the same for some reason. But it, I guess it shouldn't. Right. No, no. Listen, there is definitely truth to that. And I think two things. One to the Leah point. I think my biggest frustration is that I just think she genuinely dislikes these women, which is okay. I just wish she would have more of an Ashley Darby approach to it of like, Hey, me and Candace just don't really get along. I wish that was it. It feels a little bit square peg in a round hole. It's like, well, then why are you here? Kind of thing. Um, And the second thing that I wanted to say was that when I get in my saddest moments about New York, I just say to myself, listen, it could, could be worse. It could be last season OC. And that's my mantra. Honestly. <laughs> you know? I, uh, are you guys excited about the, the, the cash shakeup? Oh my God. I am so, I am a Heather Dubrow stan and I am so excited. I, this to me gives me hope because we felt so defeated about OC when it ended and they did a great, I think, I don't know yet, but seemingly great cast shakeup. And it sort of revived everyone's feelings about OC that it makes me think that it's possible for these other franchises. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I was so ecstatic to hear the news, and I thought it was so brilliant to announce Heather coming back and Kelly leaving in the same press release. Oh like, my it really, God. I thought it was, I thought it was a way because I do know Kelly does have a lot of fans, uh, which is sometimes scary to think about. But I, I, I love the fact that they did that in the same breath of like, but we're bringing her back, and to me, it gives you hope. It is. I, like I said, I'm not into sports, but it is what my friends tell me when like they get a good player on a team, they get somebody in to, to play, to play for their team. And I think Heather is just a great addition always. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I think that my only understanding of sports is through the housewives lens. And I actually think it is a relatively understandable one. <laughs> I get the NBA draft a little more. I, only, I mean, I only know Jay Cutler. I know Tony Romo because he dated Jessica Simpson. I only know sports players in regards to like reality show and pop culture figures. Same. <laughs> That's like when the NBA game is on and I'm like, oh, is that so-and-so? My dad's like, how do you know that? I'm like, oh, he dated Khloe Kardashian. You know, like that's just. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, I guess, are in the finals right now. I'm like, And oh, the guy Eric dates Decker? Kendall. The guy dates Kendall. Like, yeah, yeah, Devin Booker or something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it it makes my dad proud of me for one moment, you know? <laughs> I'm like, Eric Decker was traded. How do you know that? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, well, okay. So I know I could talk to you guys forever and ever and ever, um, but unfortunately you have real lives. Do you guys have about 10 more minutes or do you got to get, yeah. get off? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah totally. I wanted to know a little bit more, like in terms of the physical, like who is doing the searching for these comments and what are some of the, what are some of your favorite and what are some of your least favorite? I mean, there, there's gotta be, just in kind of tooling around in the the muck and the mire of Instagram, you guys, I feel like, you know, going to the coal mines every day. What, I mean, do you, do you guys actively search these out or are they sent to you all the time? Yeah. I mean, in terms of who's doing it, it's a hundred percent really just split between the three of us specifically for the Bravo account, Isabel, you know, when, when we were so excited to finally be able to bring her on the team, that's one of her roles. So Isabel primarily runs the Bravo account. I'm always sending her things, you know, back and forth. Um, but she kind of takes the reins for the most part on that one. In terms of the main account, it's all of us. I would say it's a mix between searching and seeing something get posted, knowing there's probably going to be a good reaction, coming back to the post, coming back to the post. And then we have a very engaged you know, following base who sends us things the second they see it, which is so appreciative because we can't have eyes everywhere. Um, I think if I had to choose just general, like conceptually, there's nothing I love more than when we confirm some sort of a speculation via a comment. The one that comes to my mind is when Ben Affleck commented photo credit on Ana Diarmas's photo and we were the first to post it. That was like a high that I will forever <laughs> the, the, the highest high was was that day. <laughs> yeah. For me, just in terms of Bravo, it's a whole different animal than the comments by celebs because those are like, quote, real celebrities, whereas the Bravo people and the whole world of Bravo are so in it and they follow all of the meme accounts and the fan accounts and all of the people that are making memes and tweets about them. And so they're really in it. I do love when a Bravo Lev comments on a meme about them or about someone. I just think it's hilarious, especially if it happens to be a good meme and they can laugh at themselves. And I also love anytime a quote real celebrity comments on a Bravo celebrity. So, you know, even just last week, Nicki Minaj commented on Lisa Rinna's oh, yeah. video of Harry Hamlin. To me, that's just as epic as it gets. Or when Rihanna, no, this is my favorite comment of all time that we've ever posted. Rihanna asking Dorinda when she can come to Bluestone Manor. To oh. me, 
that it doesn't get better than that. Like I know, yeah, like you know, Jen, Jen Addison, Brad Pitt, we have Leonardo DiCaprio and Drew Barrymore going back and forth. But Rihanna commenting on Dorinda, who feels like our friend, our woman, yeah. we know the inside of her house, asking to come to Bluestone Manor, like that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Rihanna thing is fascinating because it really, I, I, I feel like it's like, oh, that's one for our team. Like we all love Rihanna yeah. and it's like, of course she loves the shows that we love. We're all amazing people, you know? And <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the Rihanna, Kathy Hilton follow. Like Rihanna always follows the really good housewives that I usually agree with. So Kathy Hilton has got to, I need to know what Rihanna thinks of Kathy Hilton. All um, I want to ask Rihanna is if she understands how much power she has. Well, she knows this, but yeah. that specifically when she decides which cast members to follow like when she followed tanya you know like that's a choice she followed only danielle from summer house like oh i know or katie maloney from vanderpump rules exactly like the people that she specifically chooses to follow when you look at which bravo leb she's following is so interesting and they get her stamp of approval and to me i think we said this once like a year ago that is better than an egot I mean, it, it kind of is. And I mean, like, I, I remember when the Katie Maloney uh, thing happened because I was like, good, Katie needs this for her confidence. Yeah, I like that. Right. Like, if anything goes wrong, you can just be like, okay, it's fine. Rihanna follows me on Instagram. Like, there's no need to worry. Um, and she and she follows Heather and Whitney from Salt Lake. Yep. Good choices. Um, uh, and and But you know it eats at Meredith. You know it has to eat at Meredith and Brooks. I think it eats at all, any and all of them when – you know, another one of your castmates, it's like, forget getting a spinoff show on Bravo, forget getting a cover of a magazine. You get the Rihanna follow during the season. Like, come on, that's crazy. Um, how many, uh, how many of these Bravo lebs and celebs are up in your DMS? Do you, do you have a lot of back and forths? Are you like slack jawed at the amount of people that are actually paying attention or is it at this point, like water off a duck's back? No, I mean, I, you know, I think honestly, yes, we, we definitely have um, a fair amount of interactions with both the Bravo loves and, and the celebrities. And I think what it is for us, when we started this whole thing, we never wanted it to be a place that celebrities feared, you yeah. know, it wasn't yeah. supposed to be a gotcha moment. And so I think the fact that they're so engaged, it's, it's so validating. It's everything we could have ever dreamed of this to become, you know, we, we want, we want you to feel safe here. That doesn't mean if there's something snarky, we're not going to post it. It's not like we are necessarily serving as a sense of protection, but we don't want you to feel like this is this toxic place that you can't step into. We want you to feel welcome. And so the fact that they do, honestly, I feel like, okay, we did this right. This is the, the celebrities feel welcome. And so do the followers. And like, what is better than that? Yeah. And when, when there is any kind of snarkiness too, is that it's usually the celebrities doing it themselves. It's not, you know, it's not editorialized through you guys, which I think is really brilliant. You're presenting information. I mean, instead of, and that's what I'm saying, like, even with my memes, when they can get snarky, I get really, sometimes I completely forget that they're real people. They're just characters to me in a show. So when it becomes real, you're just like, oh my God, no, that's not even who I am as a, you know, somebody will write savage underneath it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not savage. I'm a loser, you know? Right. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, it's, well, that's, that's the, that's what we always say. It's a very big difference between having, you know, a page where you are creating memes versus for us, we're really simply reposting what the celebrities said. So you're right. It's, it's very uh, different just in terms of the creative process. But that's why we both need to exist. Because if you didn't make those memes, <laughs> what would people comment on? 
it's right. a feeder system. It's a feeder system. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, what are you guys looking forward to in the future? Uh, it could be pop culture in general. It can be Bravo shows. I always feel like there's so much good stuff out there to look forward to. What are you guys personally looking forward to? I mean, listen, there is no secret in terms of the Kardashian fascination. So I think that the day that it is revealed who Kim is dating next. I can't imagine I would be more excited for something than that. Listen, not to say that Travis and Courtney getting married is in a close second, but Kim, who Kim dates next, I would say is number one. And honestly, this conversation, even though we've spoken about it minimally has really gotten me so excited for Salt Lake city because I, the way that I feel about that show, I've never felt like that about a first season of any Bravo show. So Couldn't I am- agree more. Couldn't oh. agree. I mean, and the foundation they have with religion as the backdrop, I really feel gives it so much, le- so many legs that the other franchises don't have. Like you can say Beverly has, Hills has wealth. You can say New York has like the, I guess, Golden Girls element to it. But like Salt Lake <laughs> to me, and that's why it was so crazy to even feel when like when people would be like, Salt Lake's not doing it for me. I'm like, what does it for you then? Because this provides everything for me. Right. I'm like, what? That's exactly how I felt. I'm most excited for either the Beverly Hills reunion because I just love a reunion. And I think so much has gone down between when they filmed this and when where we are right now and where they'll be when they film it. I'm praying Erica shows up and that we can get all the answers. Dorit said she's going to show up. I know. And I'm excited. This is like very random for all stars and also for real Housewives of Miami reboot because I love Miami. It is like one of the underdogs that and ladies of London are two of the best Bravo shows. And I just, I'm happy they'll be back and, we're going to get Larsa Pippen back on our oh screen. Like- <laughs> and by the way, Larsa Pippen, if you watch the first season of Real Housewives of Miami, guys, it has been a tr- very big transition from where she was in that season to where she is now. And I cannot wait to see what she is like now. Oh, you know, we've already a- seen it through the Kardashians, but you know what? I mean, I can't wait to have her own, uh, you know, she's her own character on that show. It is unbelievable how different of a person she is. It really is like, you you don't even recognize her, not just physically, that's a whole other story, but just her personality and her lifestyle and like everything about her. I can't even believe. I mean, she's a man eater now, they say. Like that's her bit now is that she she's a man eater. And I'm like, to see her as this family woman in the first season of Miami, I mean, she still had her issues and housewife isms, but she was married to Scottie Pippen. And that journey she has been on is just, I, I, I really am fascinated with that. And rest in peace, Mama Elsa. I'm so sad she won't be here for this. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I think I think also though Larsa is hyper aware of the fact that she is not received that kindly in the eyes of a lot of <laughs> pop culture fanatics. Because listen, their view for the most part, if you didn't watch Bravo, your view is filtered through the Kardashians, and once they kick you out of the inner circle, oh. you know. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I almost feel like it's a redemption tour for her in a way. I bet. I bet we get Scott Disick popping up on Real Housewives of Miami. You think? <laughs> hey, I, what's going on, Larza? I don't know what's going on. Oh, on Dave Grumman's boat, I would lose it. <laughs> yeah, and, or Joe, Joe Francis's place, you know. Yes. Oh my God. Um. Uh. Final. Final question tonight. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We see Erica Jane get the news supposedly from the preview. She is in tears. We get it. Uh. Supposedly introduced that Tom, uh, has embezzled money from victims, and w- this will play out. Uh. Did you guys watch Housewife and the Hustler? Yes, of we course. 
Do you think it has, did that affect how uh, you've seen this edit of Erica, which is a very sympathetic edit and it's very, um, not woe is me, but we are supposed to like, this is a brave thing she has done in the eyes of this edit. Did that affect the way you view her character this season? Hmm. Phenomenal question. Thank Uh, you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I guess for me, no, what it impacted was I hearing from the victims themselves, I was so much more angered at Tom. You know, it's one thing when you yeah. read it on paper, you're obviously pissed, but when you find, when you form an emotional connection, it takes on a whole other life. So in terms of what actually went down, my anger and my sadness definitely increased. However, that documentary did not convince me that Erica knew to the full extent. I know everybody wants us to, to think that. I just can't lie and say that I think Erica fully knew what was going on. I don't think she's a a bad person. I think her display of wealth was a little bit um, classless at times. And looking back, especially now knowing what was going on, she could have toned it down in terms of how ostentatious she was. That being said, no, I do not think that she knew to the full extent. And I'm, I, I'm okay with being wrong, but I have to, I want to at least believe that she didn't. So no. What do you think as well? Oh, it's so hard to say. I feel like every day my opinion changes. I just think after seeing that, it made me feel like this is not such a black and white issue of either she knew or she didn't know. I think it was way more complicated than that. And maybe there were certain elements and details of things that she knew or had prior information. He maybe was lying to her. I don't know. I go through a thousand scenarios all the time, but I think if anything, that documentary just opened our eyes to like how real and how terrible and sad this whole case is. And like, it made you like to hear from the victims themselves. You know, it's one thing, like Emma said, just to read it and hear like, oh, he wronged people. But to hear from families themselves, it just made you way more invested and kind of angry at Tom. And I don't know. And I don't know what to believe, but it's, I feel It really like, did a good job at, at showing the victims themselves, literally. Yeah. You know, for us to yeah. really picture it. But I'm just still so up in the air and I want to believe Erica, but I think the truth is just sort of somewhere in the middle. Well, I've never, uh, I, you know, it is interesting as Bravo grows, I feel like we're all getting law degrees now this season between <laughs> this and Jen Shaw. So it's really making us grow as uh, as fans as well. And I also love the thought that these these ladies, I think it gives it legs too of these ladies aren't aspirational. Like I don't, I don't think any of us would want to be Erica Jane right now or Jen Shaw. So it really does show us that like, um, you know, sometimes it's okay not to have money. <laughs> Yeah, the, the grass isn't always greener. And there's, a, listen, the more money, the more complications. And that is a real thing. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, really heroes of mine in the podcasting world and Instagram world. These ladies did not have to be here today, but they did. So thank you so much. You guys are brilliant. Isabel, Emma, we of course don't have Julie with us, uh, but they do three podcasts a week, comments by celebs. If you guys don't listen to it, what is wrong with you? What I love is the exchange of information. You can listen to three or four different Bravo podcasts and get different opinions about everything. And it is just so exciting to talk to people that have the same passion as we all do. Um, is there anything else coming up that we need to be aware of for you guys? No, I mean, that's it. You did such a good job at, at being our little PR machine. I just, yeah. I to thank you, honestly, because really I, we feel the same way being able to talk to you and your excitement. I think, I think it just, it's really fun for us. And I think one of the 
our favorite parts of this entire job is being able to connect with people like you. So thank you for being so enthusiastic about what we do. It's really unbelievably flattering. Well, if there's ever a time that any of you guys want to talk about anything, please consider this a home away from home, even though you do three podcasts a week already. Um, but I, I can't wait to talk to you guys in the future because uh, this was just really special for me. So thank you so much. And you guys, if you don't, I know you already follow them, but if you don't, you know what to do. Um, we will hopefully talk to you very soon. Yes, we have to have you on. Are you kidding? Oh yeah. my God, I would uh, die. So we, <laughs> well, I just sounded like Christopher Walken there. I would die. Um, <laughs> Betches.